Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Welcome to this week's episode of People First. And my guest this week is the amazing global workplace expert, Roberta Matchison. And she is a six-time author, the president of Matchison Consulting, a firm that helps organizations to attract, hire, and keep the best people. She's a LinkedIn top voice in management and workplace, a contributor to Forbes and Fast Company, and the author of the forthcoming, Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Conversations at Work, which we are going to be talking about today. She's one of the few people who has appeared on The O'Reilly Factor with Bill O'Reilly and left the show unscathed. So maybe another little talking point that we need to go through. So, Roberta, welcome to People First. Well, thank you, and thanks so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited for these conversations, because anybody who knows me is difficult conversations. Well, firstly, we'll get to the definition of difficult conversations, but I both excel and fail miserably, depending on whether I'm talking to my teenage sons or other adults, but we'll get to that point. But as ever, this episode and uh, People First is all about the leadership journeys that we are all on. So if you were living your childhood dream, if we flash back to you in elementary school and the teacher said, Roberta, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would your answer have been then? Oh, that's an easy question. I mean, I was going to be a famous actress. Uh-huh. And it's kind of interesting because my dream did come true because I'm now, you know, acting on LinkedIn Live. So I am starring <laughs> in episodes. Uh, so, you know, it's never too late to live your dream. Well, that and the O'Reilly factor. I mean, good grief, there should be a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for you right now. Well, please cast your votes. <laughs> well, there you go. So the Oscar and the crowd goes wild. So what was the pivot point then that brought you to running your own firm and six books under your belt or your typewriter ribbon? Well, you know, as you get older and you get more experience, you realize that oftentimes you can contribute more if you are working in a different way. And so that's when I made the decision to leave the corporate world and step out of my role as head of HR and to have the opportunity to help more organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you always had a passion for writing, I can see some of your other books there behind you. But six books, I know, having written or I'm working on my third right now, um, it's harder than birthing children sometimes. So have you always had a passion for the written word? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I have to say, honestly, not. Um, I tell people when I think back through my childhood, you know, nobody ever said, oh, my gosh, like, you're such a great writer. No teachers ever said, oh, you're really good at this. So it was a complete surprise to me. Yeah. Well, so your new book, it's out uh, September 28th. And I know this episode we're planning to publish around that day. And it's called Can We Talk? The Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Conversations at Work. So let's just start there with what is a difficult conversation? How do you define it? Well, I think everybody has to define it differently, right? So, for example, um, I might not have an issue telling an employee that their job is really not up to par, whereas you might be a person who doesn't really care for confrontation. And so that makes that kind of conversation difficult for you. So it's really a conversation that you um, avoid because it's uncomfortable. 
All right, so that would be a warning sign, I suppose, that we're entering. And I love the fact that you talked there about it being a personal definition. Because as I said in my introduction, I know that sometimes when I'm talking with my teenage sons, uh, they can push buttons in a way that um, accelerate the heat index of the conversation very quickly. But also at work, even though like you, I teach conflict management, I teach uh, feedback skills. Personally, I'm always paying attention and learning and flexing because some conversations come easy when it's about the business and taking informed risk. But when it's interpersonal feedback that I'm giving, that's where I start to struggle. Well, you're not alone, which is why I wrote the book. (laughs) Okay, so the book shares seven principles. So give us some highlights of the research that you've done and the seven principles that we're going to discover in the book. Well, I'll tell you what three of them are. And then if you want to know what the rest are, you'll have to download the book. Yes. Um, You know, the first principle is really confidence. And that's really having the confidence to speak your truth. And all too often, um, you know, people will approach us with a difficult conversation and we're not confident. And so we don't push back. And Mm -hmm. so the way this book is written, it's not just for leaders who want to learn how to manage difficult conversations with their people. It's for employees who may need to have one of those conversations with a coworker or even their boss. And so to do that, you really need to have confidence, right? You just Mm -hmm. can't go in there timid. Um, Another key uh, factor and principle in the book is clarity. Because Mm -hmm. so often we go into these conversations and we have no idea, like, oh, yeah, what was my point? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then we think we've done such a great job and the other person leaves going, okay, what the heck was that? And you're like tapping your shoulder going, that was awesome. Yes. (laughs) And then the third one that I'll reveal is um, courage. Okay. It really takes a lot of courage to say what's on your mind. And I think that's even more true for women than men. And that's just my experience. I do a lot of executive coaching and a lot of my female clients are reticent to say what they need to say for fear of not being liked. So I love the alliteration of that, the C's that go into these uh, principles. So you talk confidence, clarity, and courage. And so tell me more about the courage. What is the fears that you hear most often from leaders and individuals that cause them to hesitate and hold back in these very important conversations? Well, right now I'm hearing a lot, well, what if they quit? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what if they don't quit? You're stuck Mm -hmm. with this person. Um, So I think there's fear of that. I think there's fear of offending someone, um, but not really understanding that you're actually helping them if you're letting them know that there's a problem that they can solve. Uh, so there's fear of, you know, telling my boss that they're wrong when they mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff driven by fear and self-confidence and, you know, lack of self-esteem. Yeah. And you touched there that the fear of upward feedback and tough conversations, it can be career limiting for me if I deliver a message upwards that lands inelegantly. But of course, it's career limiting for the leader who needs the warnings of impending disaster. And so for me, when I'm coaching leaders, it's yes, let's understand the fear and what's causing you to hesitate and how much of that fear is imagined or real. And then irrespective of whether it's imagined or real, 
what can you do to your point then have the confidence and leverage the courage to have the conversation in spite of the risks? Well, I always say, you know, listen, no one's shooting at you. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, you're in a good place, right? You know, you're not in the middle of a war zone. And then you have to look at the other side and say, well, what, what's going to happen if I don't have this conversation? And I think most people will agree that the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Mm, yeah, the mess just gets stinkier. So clarity, you taught there and you shared the example. And I think I've been at the receiving end and no doubt at the delivery end of the conversation that either I thought I was so clear and to the point it ended up being a punch between the eyes, a metaphorical punch between the eyes to the person receiving it. So I went in too hard. But I also know that when I'm nervous and I haven't thought through what I want to say and communicate, I can talk around the houses and soft soap the message until it's somewhere lost in the proverbial feedback sandwich. So what are your tips then for clarity when we're delivering um, a message, whether it's a good news message or a tough message, how do we make sure that we're clear and precise? Well, I have my clients actually write down, like, what is the objective of this conversation? And at the end of this conversation, what do I want this person to do or stop doing? Mm -hmm. And if I can define that, then I know what kind of conversation I'm going to have. And, you know, in the book, I write about one of my clients um, who is the president of a hospital, and he was having what he thought was a very clear conversation with one of his senior executives who walked away with a completely different picture of the expectation, and things went from bad to worse. And it got to a place where eventually he had no choice. They had to part ways. And to this day, he still feels pretty badly about it because he knows that had he been more clear, he probably could have retained this executive. But he, it, he, in retrospect, he was like, I was saying this and he was hearing that. And I didn't go back to, you know, confirm with him, like, okay, mm. tell me what you just heard. Well, you've just answered the question I was about to ask, which is how do you confirm that the message has been received as intended? Because again, I speak English English, and I have learned that English English and American English can be two different languages. And if we're not paying attention, there is an opportunity for those two parties in the conversation to leave. You know, look at my hand, you see the palm, I'm seeing the knuckles. You're still looking at the hand, however, not talking to the hand, of course. But it's two different perspectives that may be not aligned. So how do we go back and close that loop? Well, again, you know, asking clarifying questions like, you know, tell me what you just heard. Um, you know, tell me when you leave here today what you're going to do differently as a result of this conversation. Um, tell me, do you have a clear understanding of what will happen next if you're unable to to, you know, fix this. And, you know, if the person's like saying something and it's like, no, no, maybe I'm not clear here. Let me be clear. And going back and really, you know, it, like you said, stop talking in circles and just say what needs to be said. Mm -hmm. I like working with leaders and I encourage them. You're not on your own because as you shared, we all struggle with difficult conversations in different circumstances or with different individuals. But the key here is to reach out to a trusted advisor, somebody I'd call an ally in my book, Cultivate, and run it past them. Do a quick role play 
um, yes. just say, you know, how might this, if they know the mutual person, how might they react if I put it in this context? And then that way you can refine the message before you go into the conversation. Is I do something? a lot of role playing with my mm -hmm. clients. And as a result, you know, I'm like, no, 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 I don't think that's quite the way you want to say this. <laughs> you know, and I'm from New York and you were talking about, you know, mm -hmm. you have the English English. I'm from New York and we speak differently than the people on the West Coast. And when we're working with the people on the West Coast, we have to dial it down and speak in a different way. And so sometimes it's just, you know, smoothing out the message. So rounding out the corners. And I like the fact that you talk there about the role play goes back to, again, your childhood dream of being the actress, I suppose, and learning our lines. And often I've, I've found that leaders, they'll try and plan for the whole conversation. And of course, that has its own challenges in of itself. What are your thoughts about planning two or three moves down the line? Well, I do think it's good to have a plan, but it's also good to recognize that things might not go according to plan. And I also think a lot of the more difficult conversations are not just one and done. We may mm -hmm. start out by starting you know, here and then pausing and saying, I know that's a lot to take in. Why don't we take a break and reconvene tomorrow? Okay. You know, so sometimes we just, we're so anxious. We just want to get through this. Let's get this over with. Like we just do like a dump and yeah. the person's just like, so we really, you know, you have to watch those verbal cues, whether today we're having a lot of these difficult conversations online. And when you have to have one of those, that's why I encourage people to make sure that cameras are on mm -hmm. you know, because I can't see you. I don't know how you're reacting. I just hear like dead silence. So what other tips do you have for leaders and individuals who might be giving feedback horizontally or to, to their coworkers for delivering difficult messages through the video camera? You talked there about having the camera on. What other best practices do you have for us? Well, I think one of the best practices is if you are going to have a difficult conversation with someone, um, tell them up front, you know, listen, I'd like to have a conversation with you. Is there a place where you can speak openly and in private? Because, you know, in the office, you know, that person's, you know, son or daughter isn't walking in the room. Um, you know, their spouse isn't sitting right there going, what? Mm -hmm. You know, but now you have no idea if there's anyone else around here. And so, you might say things that maybe I don't really want anyone else to hear. And so asking that question out of respect um, will set you up in a much stronger position to, to have this kind of conversation. It's helping to deliver that message with compassion and to your point, being thoughtful beyond the little three by five window that I can see and what might be happening off stage um, that may distract somebody and not allow them to focus and of course, may that have unintended. Embarrassing. I mean, I just told you, you know, dude, you're, we're gonna we're gonna fire you, and and your partner sitting there going, oh, like, you know. So we know that this book is number six in the series, and I can see some of the others at the back. So tell us a little bit more about the other books, because obviously, once we read this one, we're going to be off and uh, investigating the others. So tell us about the other books and the journey that you've been on. Well, um, about a year and a half ago, I released a new book called Evergreen Talent. Mm -hmm. And that's all about how to, um, you know, sow and cultivate a, a sustainable workforce. 
And that book came out a year ago in February, and it's very relevant today. And then um, I've written Talent Magnetism, which is, again, how to attract talent that will stick around. Uh, I wrote The Magnetic Leader Mm -hmm. to help leaders become sticky so that people adhere to them. And then I wrote the book Suddenly in Charge, which is about managing up, managing down, succeeding all around. I love that. So a full spectrum of how to be successful at work, whatever your leadership level, not just focused on the technical skills of what you might be doing. Yes, exactly. And so I see this new book pairing really well with Suddenly in Charge, because if I were a new leader or a leader who's never really had a lot of um, coaching, Mm -hmm. I I think that, you know, knowing what to do and then knowing how to implement that, how to facilitate it. I use a lot of, you know, I, I created a lot of sample conversations that people can use and adapt and create for their own needs. And so I, I see the two right now being very well married together. So suddenly in charge and can we talk the twofer that we all ought to be getting? And that's what I love about your books is they are very pragmatic and accessible. They've got some real world examples, obviously, from your HR experience and your consulting experience, but also tips and and tricks, those, those conversations, not necessarily scripts to follow to the letter, but at least guides that help us to get started as we're thinking about the unique circumstances and challenges we're all facing. Exactly. So, Roberta, as we come to the end of our time together, tell me a little bit more and let our listeners know, how can they learn more both about the books but the work that you and your firm do? They can go to my website at matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. They can find out about the books there as well or go on to Amazon or Porchlight or Barnes & Noble, wherever you like to buy your books. And then you can follow me on Twitter at matchison. And you can send me an invite on LinkedIn and just mention this podcast so I know who you are. I get a Mm -hmm. lot of requests. I'd love to accept yours. And it helps if I know that you know me in some way. Okay, well, you heard it here first. Quote people first when you reach out to Roberta. And Roberta, I wish you every success with your new book, Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Conversations at Work and, of course, Make sure you also get your hands on suddenly in charge, managing up, managing down and succeeding all around. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.